0: Whether you're going to do it or not. And obviously, we want to encourage you to do that. That, that Uniform is the armor of God. The armor of God. And we want to unpack that uh, today as we continue in our prayer series. And I was trying to think of some other type of uniform that would be a parallel. A uniform for somebody who's fighting evil. And I was thinking about, of course, a policeman's uh, uniform. And I was thinking of Mike Myers' uh, Down here, I gave him a call. Mike, raise your hand there. He's a state trooper. And uh, and we have quite a few policemen. We have uh, Tom and Karen uh, Lang-Henry. They're both police officers. Raise your hand there. All right. And we also have uh, uh, Dan Coles there. He's a police officer. I know Sonny's back there. Her husband's a police officer. Any other? Did I miss anybody? Oh, okay, yeah. Aaron Weiss is Are you a police officer or your husband? Your husband. Okay, well, let's thank these families, huh? Yeah. We appreciate you guys protecting our community. We know it's not a very easy job at all. But let's take a look at some images. Uh, this is what uh, Mike Myers told me he wore every day to the office. Or, or, uh, it's tough out there in this, being a state trooper, you know, those speeders, you know. <laughs> not really. He said he he, he went down to the NATO summit last year, right? You had some riot gear with you. Not that anything happened, but you never know about the NATO summit. Uh, So, again, they do wear helmets at different times. You see another piece of equipment. Uh, This is a Kevlar vest, obviously. Uh, They've gotten a lot lighter, Mike says, or about five pounds. But, man, you won't be wearing that if you're a police officer. And, And these things correlate with the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, And then we have the the Breastplate of Righteousness. So you got your Kevlar on uh, protecting uh, you. And then we see uh, the Belt of Truth here. And this is uh, a typical policeman's belt. you got the pepper spray and the handcuff case, the walkie-talkie, the flashlight, the expandable baton, and the holder for it, the latex glove case, the pistol, the ammunition. Like I said, that's about nine pounds. I'd like to go through the day with a nine-pound belt. On your waist. Yeah, uh, not exactly what you want, but they need this. You see, the the key thing here is that police officers are protecting our communities from evil behavior, sinful behavior, evil behavior. And so they have to have uh, the weapons of protection on them. They have to have their own armor, one might say. And so that's the analogy, of course. Uh, Then we have uh, the shoes. Uh, We're supposed to wear the Shoes of the Gospel, and they have the tactical boots that they wear when uh, they're out and about uh, in different terrains, things of that nature, different types of inclement uh, weather. And then we're to have the Shield of Faith, and so again, they'll have a full body shield uh, for riot uh, gear. And then we, of course, have the Sword of the Spirit, and uh, you have the old Glock there, uh, which is very commonly uh, used. And then we have the hands of prayer. And that's the key thing is that you know law enforcement really do uh, love and care for our communities. I know uh, we can have different attitudes toward them when they're disciplining us or disobeying <laughs> the law of the land. And uh, But we need to do everything we can to pray for them, encourage them in their role, especially those that are in our midst here. And uh, yeah, it's all about, uh, again, Uh, They're serving our community, and we're so appreciative of that. So, uh, all that to say is we want to talk about the armor of God, how we can protect ourselves against the evil influence of Satan. This is part of our I I Pray series. We've talked about being reverent in prayer, responsive, making requests. Today, making yourself ready in prayer and making disciples in prayer. That's next week. When you're making disciples, as we're a disciple-making community, we need to be in prayer for one another. Again... We're using the disciples' prayer as the pattern for how we should pray. Of course, that's why Jesus gave it uh, to the disciples. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the idea of reverence. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's response. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors' Request. And today we're talking about readiness and lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil. So let's review our pattern here. Uh, Remember, we've got uh, reverence. Everybody do this together. Reverence, response, request, readiness. Reverence, response, request, readiness. Reverence, response, request, readiness. Now that is the, the core of our series here in the sense that whenever you go into a formal prayer time with God, you start out praising and thanksgiving him and asking the question, who is God based on whatever scripture passage you're studying? The second request, or excuse me, the second part of it is response, submission to God's will. Then you talk about the request that you have, and today we're talking about readiness, that every day as you go through your quiet time, you need to prepare for that day because you know that Satan is going to be coming after you in one way or another. And probably not Satan, one of his demons, but... Again, bad enough, right? So we've been encouraging you to buy the 2959 uh, plan. And, again, that's $10. You can review it at the ministry counter, buy it at the bookstore. How many bought that yet or have bought that? Okay. Well, again, friends, if you don't have a, a, a tool that systematizes your prayer, if, if you feel that your prayer life uh, is not as strong as it could be, this is a great tool. There's all kinds of tools. There's no one tool but again, we want to encourage new Christ followers or Christ followers who don't have a strong system of prayer to pick this up. It's also just a devotional tool on how to do your devotions. In fact, I was playing with it this past week as I was using it, and uh, I found a virtual um, uh, binder, a three-ring binder that you can buy on the Internet for like 10 bucks, and you get 10 binders. But it's a great thing to use if you like, if you like to use Microsoft Word, so I just put Microsoft Word files that I produce, the prayers, I produce, the prayer lists that are all suggested in the 2959 plan, I put them in the binder so they're all organized. So I just look at that. And so if you're into that kind of thing, talk to me about it. It's called a G-Doc. But uh, I I really love this. So I encourage you to engage uh, with it. Well, let's take a look at our passage today, talking about being ready. Ephesians chapter 6, putting on the armor of God. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We all know about the devil. Lucifer, the highest grade being, that is, uh, the, uh, of course, uh, person who wanted to be God, rebelled against God, took third of the angels with him. They all became demons. And, of course, he's the ruler of this world today. He's the God of this world and he is a force to be reckoned with. And therefore, we need to protect ourselves against his attacks. Because he will be constantly attacking us. Now, just one thing. Many people say, oh, Satan's at work, Satan's at work. That, that could very well be the case. But the first thing you need to ask and I need to ask when things are going wrong is, am I in sin here? Because I could mess things up pretty well without Satan. I don't really need Satan to make problems for myself. (laughs) My sinful nature, my orientation to be selfish, those kind of things can give me trouble. So I always look at myself first, and then I also consider Satan. And many times he is involved. He's trying to tempt me. He's trying to lead me astray. But we need to remember that uh, all those people are involved. So all that to say is that we need to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, it's interesting, you know, it talks about Satan being a uh, roaring lion, and if a roaring lion's coming after me, I'm running. But we're, we're to stand firm. God says don't run away from Satan. There's no reason you have to run away from him because I am all powerful. The victory was won at the cross. There's no reason to fear here as long as you do what I say, and that's to put on the armor of God and stand firm. And the Bible clearly says in James 4, 7, resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. Satan will run from you. He's got only so much time. His demons have only so much time. So if you're putting on the armor of God every day and you're walking in God's power, uh, they just might be going someplace else. Once they say, hey, oh, this guy's serious, right? You know, he's walking in the power of God. Uh, we'll come back later. Uh, that's what we want to happen, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We look at Ephesians six twelve and realize that this is a pretty... <laughs> Sophisticated organization Satan's got going here, where we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. So, sometimes we're not just wrestling with our wife. We're not just wrestling with our kids. We're not just wrestling with other church members. We're not wrestling with our friends. We're not wrestling with our boss. Satan's a part of the mix. We're wrestling. With him, we're wrestling with demons. We're wrestling with people who want to destroy us. Now, if we're Christ followers, they can't destroy us, but they can distract us. They can. What did Paul say? He didn't want to be what disqualified. I mean, here, you know, this is near the end of his life. He was saying, "I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to bring shame to the name of Jesus Christ." And that should be our desire as well. I don't want to be disqualified. Because I fall for one of Satan's temptations. That's why it's so important Uh, we put on the armor of God. you got rulers, authorities. Again, these guys have been working on this for 4,000 years. Now think about your job. Let's say you enjoy your job and you want to continue to develop skills. Just imagine if you had 4,000 years to develop those skills. (laughs) That's a long time, right? You would be really, really good. And so... We've got to remember these demons that are working on us, uh, they've been practicing for a long time now. Thankfully, they're not procreating. There's only so many of them. But they're at work, and they know our number. They know our weakness. And that's why it's so important that we stand firm. Uh, they are a force to be reckoned with, but there is no reason to be afraid. And you got to remember, they're going to the bottomless pit. And again, Satan, and the demons, uh, they shiver when they think about God. They believe in God more than we believe in God. They, they, they know the reality, and they know where they're going. They know that they're headed toward an eternity of pain, and therefore uh, they're going to do everything they can to get back at God their enemy. His, uh, excuse me, their enemy. And if God is their enemy, that makes us also their enemy because obviously we're children of God. And I tell you what, friends— the closer you walk with Jesus, the more you seek to do His will, the more you bear fruit in your life, the more your target. I mean, if you're just kind of rebellious and off on your own, uh, well, you're causing a lot of problems yourself anyway. But the point is that, that Satan goes after the strategic targets, he goes after the strategic churches. He doesn't care about the churches that aren't teaching the gospel. Yeah, everybody go to them and be deceived, right? He cares about churches like Springbrook and Willow Creek and Utley and um, Faith Community across the street here, Westlake and other churches in this area that are preaching the Word of God. These are the churches that he wants to bring down. These are the churches he wants to create disunity in. So we just all need to be aware of that, individually and corporately. So what is the solution? Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So put on the whole armor of God. Now, some of you wear uniforms to work. Does anybody sleep in their uniform? You love your job so much. You just like to wake up and look at your uniform. I am so privileged to be an employee of this organization. No, of course you don't. Every morning you put on the same uniform, right? Well, friends, every morning we need to put on the armor of God. So I have uh, put together uh, this particular sheet. And uh, if you could take it out at this time, we're going to be stepping through it, and I'm going to be flying through it uh, because we have so much time and there's so much to talk about. But my desire is that uh, you would, on a regular basis, uh, preferably daily, I mean, you don't have to go through this, per se, to put on the armor of God, but at the same time, it's really helpful, I think, spiritually to think through it and pray through it. You can put this in your 2959 plan, uh, you can put it in your Bible. And in fact, I was talking with Doug Mills. I preached on the armor of God four years ago. And I asked him recently, what are you doing for your quiet time? Oh, I'm, I prayed through the armor of God. Remember when you preached on that? I said, oh, yeah, that's right, you know. So I I look back at my messages. I preach on this every four years, I think. And I think it's good to preach on it every four years because we need to be reminded excuse me uh, that the armor of God is something that needs to be put on a daily basis. It needs to be consciously uh, something that we... Put on ourselves in order to protect ourselves that we might stand against the schemes of the devil. So let's look at the armor of God. i got some hand motions uh, for you. Uh, it helps me remember things. So if it works for you great. If it doesn't, uh, I made these up. i got different hand motions, whatever. <laughs> let's talk about the, the helmet of salvation. Put your hand on top of your head there, okay? Ladies, if you've got nice hair, do you want to keep it up there? But uh, put. Uh, the helmet of salvation Okay, and the reason I do this is because i got a poor memory so if I'm driving in the car and I want to put on the armor of God uh, I can quickly go through the hand motions and figure out uh, just what I want to do and the idea is that these are just things you want to hit on uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment but here is a typical helmet back in the day they obviously have all different types of uh, illustrations so this uh, probably is authentic to whatever degree and uh, it protected the head. We see in Ephesians 6:17, And take the helmet of salvation. So you are got to put on the helmet of salvation. And back in that day, they uh, would go to war and they would have these huge three, four foot swords. And the fastest way to take somebody out is to take this sword and to wrap them across the head with it. You know, it's a brass double edged sword. And you could crush a person's skull. You could decapitate them very quickly. That's why they had these helmets, to protect uh, their brains, to protect their heads, to protect their lives. And, friends, salvation is the foundation of everything. What Jesus Christ did for us on on the cross, our acceptance of that, what that allows us to do in regards to becoming a child of God, I was reading yesterday about uh, Paula Cooper, who was released from prison on June 16th down in Indianapolis. And maybe you heard about this story. But back in 1985, she was only 15 years old. And she and a couple friends went to this older lady's house, 78 years old. And this lady taught the Bible. She just had a heart for the Lord. And these girls who wanted to rob her said, we want to come in for a Bible study. And she let them in, and they robbed her. And in the somehow, some way, uh, she was stabbed by Paula. She was murdered by Paula Cooper, as well as with these other girls. And it was a very important case because this young lady got the death sentence at 15 years old. So went to the Supreme Court. Three years later, the death sentence uh, was taken away from that because she was too young, the Supreme Court felt. And therefore, after all these years, she got a 60 year prison sentence and that's been reduced for good behavior. So she was 60 when she went in. And this year, this June, she was released at 43 years old. And uh, we see a picture of the woman uh, that was killed, uh, Ruth uh, Pelkey, a uh, precious servant of the Lord. And here's a picture of uh, Paula Cooper and again her mugshot, and, and I just you know, I can't imagine what that must be like for Paula Cooper to wake up every day 27 years in prison part of that time on death row and so now she's free, she's been free here for a couple months and I don't know, if I spent 27 years in prison I think every day For the rest of my life, I would wake up and say, I'm not in prison. I don't know You think that would be the case. Every sticking day till I die, I am not in prison. It would cross my mind, I think, that I'm free, that I'd have a true understanding of freedom that I cannot experience unless I spend 27 years in prison. And here's the point, friends. You and I are Paula Cooper. We were on death row eternal punishment because of our sin. We were condemned to die spiritually. But Jesus Christ came to this earth, gave His life. God gave His Son in order that we might experience life, experience a relationship with Him. And so what I'm trying to say is that when we talk about the helmet of salvation, every day when we get up, the first thing we should say is thank God, I'm free! (laughs) Thank God I'm free that I'm not under condemnation. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care if you're dying of something. Hey, there's one thing you can rejoice about. Thank God I'm free that when I do die, I have been forgiven. I'm going to a much better place. You need to celebrate God's grace. God's grace that sustains you. God's grace that saved you. God's grace that you live by. God's ever-flowing grace in your life. You need to celebrate the fact that you're a child of God. If we really pulled this analogy out, we'd say Paula Cooper went to prison and then Obama gave her a room in the White House. That's exactly what happened to you when you became a Christ follower. You went from death row, in a sense, to a room in the White House. You're a citizen of of, uh, God's kingdom. You're a child of God. That's the amazing thing. And and every morning you to be reminded of that. <laughs> hey, I am a child of God. I've experienced His grace, and uh, I have many wonderful things ahead of me. Now, I'm going to give you a key verse every time we talk about one of these <clears throat> pieces of armor. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is this one. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to start up in a couple of weeks here. And uh, I love Awana for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is because it's all about Bible memory. In fact, we need men, men leaders for Awana. We really need men to step up, guys. So if you're not serving or you feel led to serve in this area, please do that. You can see that in your worship folder. But, you know, I was thinking about this past week. You know, we, we, we encourage our kids to memorize in Sunday school and VBS and Awana. And then it's just kind of like when you become adults. Uh, what's you know, Okay, you're done with that. No, 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 no. Why would we do that? I mean, come on. We need it more than the kids do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, life is challenging. We need God's Word. So I tell you what, I'm going to give you a tool today that I think is very powerful. I've had different seasons of memorization in my life. When my mind was young and fresh and empty, man I could just, you know... <laughs> Memorize it and spit it out, but oh, my mind is gone. So, therefore, I need lots of help. So, I found this program. It's called Memlock. Memlock. You see a picture of it here. Uh, Memlock Bible Memory System. It's a computer program. Uh, and then, if we go to the next uh, slide, we'll see. Uh, it's all based on visualization, and we all know that if you want to memorize something, it's helpful to associate a picture with it. So. Psalm 119, 105, you got the Bible on the lamps. Isaiah forty one ten, do not fear. The guys freaking out there. Psalm thirty four eighteen and nineteen, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, so the Lord and broken heart and forgiveness if we confess and you have the prisoner uh, confessing there. So that's the strength of this particular system. And it's helped me. And I really, you know, as I've gotten older I've really struggled with, you know, really retaining verses over a long period of time, but In the last several months, I've been working this system and I've always got it open on my computer screen and you know, when my droid goes off, I'll take time and I'll just take a look at the verse that I'm working on and I'll reflect upon it and I'll return to what I'm doing. But uh, there's a systematic way of going about it. It's so nice because you just set it up, you set up the verses you want to memorize and then you just keep clicking the button and they just keep feeding you verses and you review verses for like forever. But that's what you need to do if you're going to retain it, right? And so uh, we want to provide this program for you. We want to discount it. It's usually 1495, but you'll see here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved. So for it is. You've got fort Then the little flag that says is, for it is. The most difficult thing for many people is remembering how the verse starts out. Okay. So they have little pictures that help you uh, to do that. It seems very simple, but it's very powerful. Now. Uh, We'd like to provide this for you for a minimal cost. Uh, Usually it's $14.95. We put a discount code on your insert there uh, that you can enter, and that gets you $5 off. And after you buy it on the internet, you can come to our cafe and we'll give you another $5. You don't have to provide proof. We're going to believe you. (laughs) Okay, just say, I bought it on the web. They'll give you another $5. And. You know you got to have some investment in it, but really, if that's not good enough for you, if you make me chocolate chip cookies, or if you're on the run stop by Jimmy John's and give me one of those little chocolate chip cakes that they have called cookies, uh, I'll give you another five dollars. it will be totally free. You'll make five cents on the deal, and not if you buy the cookie, but whatever. You get. My point is, I want you to get engaged. If you got a great memory system going, go for it. But if you're dead in the water, try this, okay? I implore you. I encourage you, please, please. Okay, next slide. Uh, Praying on the helmet of salvation. So this is a tool. I want you guys to keep this green sheet in your Bible. uh, Put it in your 2959 plan, whatever. uh, But keep it around and and use it. And so if you're going to pray on the helmet of salvation... Uh, you can say, pray that you would fully appreciate the grace of God, pray that you would find your identity in being a child of God, pray that you would live with eternity in mind. Okay? So that's a helmet of salvation, alright? Now we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness, and we're just going to cross our arms. Everybody do this, okay? Cross your arms in front of you. you got your Kevlar on, your breastplate of righteousness, and so you've got the helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness. So here you see a breastplate and there are many different types of breastplates back in that day. The idea is that it protected your vital organs. Some were made of metal, some were brass, some were made out of animal hooves and leather. Uh, Ephesians 6 14, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, when you become a Christ follower, God sees you as righteous. It's called imputed righteousness, righteousness that's given to you. Christ's righteousness is put upon you, and that's so important to understand and and remember on a daily basis, that we are righteous in the eyes of God because of Jesus Christ. But this is a different type of righteousness. We talk about positional righteousness. That's how God sees us. We're talking about practical righteousness, how we actually live our lives out uh, from day to day. And it says to put it on. You can't put on imputed righteousness. It's already a part of your life. You can remember it, but you can't necessarily put it on. You, you you've got to seek to be righteous, and the key verse here is uh, verse twenty one. Whoever has my commands, John fourteen twenty one. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he's the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too love him. Love him and show myself to him. Now God's love never changes, but at the same time, our love does in terms of how engaged we are with him. So we know that we are engaged with God when we're obeying. His commands, and I believe that when we're obeying His commands, we can sense and understand God's love better. I think that's what this verse is teaching, the fact that if we do obey Him to the power of God, that we will understand His love even in a deeper way, even though His love is totally constant and never-ending for us, all right? Uh, This Tuesday, August 28th, is the 50th anniversary of the uh, March on Washington. You see a picture of uh, uh, Arnold Luther King here, Jr. And you think about all that's happened in the last 50 years in regards to uh, civil rights for African Americans. It really has just been an unbelievable thing uh, that started uh, back so many years ago. And uh, we're so grateful for that. Here's a picture of uh, that particular uh, day, hardly 50 years. What a celebration, huh? Aren't you so glad for Martin Luther King Jr. and all the other people who put their lives on the line in order uh, that African Americans uh, might no longer be discriminated against, that justice might be served in this world? That's a beautiful thing. And when I think about Martin Luther King and the passion that he had uh, to free African Americans from the discrimination that they experienced, I'm inspired in the same way To have a passion to be righteous. What are you passionate about today? What are you excited about today? What is the one thing you want in life? What is the one thing that you're thinking about all the time and you're strategizing and you're praying for? I want that. Well, friends, that's the same desire that you should have for righteousness. When you wake up in the morning, we should have this desire to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Lord, make me more like your Son. Speak to me, change me, empower me to make the right choices today. More than anything, I want to be like you. More than anything, I want to seek you. More than anything, I want the breastplate of righteousness in my life. That should be our desire. We look at the Memlock version of this particular uh, verse, uh, and you have a little owl that says, Who? Who? Whoever has my commands and obeys them. So, how do you pray on the breastplate of righteousness? Well, pray that God would increase your desire for obedience. Pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you to obey. Uh, pray that you'll have a victory over a particular sin in your life. All right, we've got to keep moving. All right, got to the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and we have the belt of truth. Okay? Just putting on that belt. Breastplate of, excuse me, uh, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, and the belt of truth. now, here we have uh, someone who has something like what they might have worn in that day in this picture. Uh, this is a belt. It was a leather belt. We're not sure exactly what it looked like. There are all different types of leather belts. But it says in Ephesians chapter 6, six, fourteen, 14, Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So let's go back to the picture. Why is it important to have a belt when you are in battle? Well, on that day, they liked to wear long robes. Much more conservative, thankfully, than today. But they wore long robes. And even Roman soldiers, you know, they had this tunic on, like you see here. You can actually buy this online if you'd like to. We're not going to help you purchase that as part of our heart, strong energies. But, uh, again, it is available, I believe. So all I have to say is that you have uh, this uh, tunic on. and, And the important thing in battle is to be ready, mobile, Uh, totally ambulatory in every way, Uh, you don't want some type of tunic messing you up and slowing you down. That's why you had that. The belt was just to kind of keep everything in place, not only the tunic, but the rest of the armor. It was kind of like the centerpiece. And so truth is so important. That's the point here. The belt kind of holds it all together. It holds that tunic in place so when you're uh, in battle, it does not get in your way. We need truth. And Satan wants to deliver Exactly the opposite. John 8, 44. He's speaking. Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders. He says, You are of your father the devil. i not going to give him a lot of popularity points there. <laughs> the religious leaders. Hey, your dad's the devil. <laughs> okay. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer, that's Satan, from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies... He speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and a father of lies. What is Jesus Christ saying? Satan's character is lies. Any, if you see Satan's mouth moving, what? He's lying. <laughs> okay. He is lying. That is who he is. And he has designed a world system. He's the ruler of this world. And it's full of lies that are continuing to, again, we're exposed to through all different types of means from day to day. And friends, this is why we continue to talk about engagement with God's Word, engagement with the body, engagement with small groups, because every day you walk out and you're constantly being exposed to Satan's lies, and the only way to counteract that is to fill your mind with the truth that is in this book, to study it, to read it, to memorize it, to meditate upon it, to talk about it, to live it out. You have so much, so many lies coming your way every day about what life is about, what's, what should be important. You know what I'm talking about. And the only way to do that is to study this book, to to let it become a part of you, to let Jesus speak to you about what's in this book. Colossians 3, 9, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creators. I think I said last week, my one desire, what I pray many times on a daily basis these days, is God renew my mind. I've got so many sinful patterns in my life that I've collected over a long period of time. So many sinful thought patterns, so many values. The deep emotional iceberg that we've talked about go down deep. Expose sin to me. Help me to be able to deal with it, to, to rid that sin, to do a house clean in different parts of my life. Renew my mind. And the way you renew your mind is through, again, exposing yourself to the truth of the Word of God, the belt of truth. Romans twelve two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve of God's will as his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we go to uh, the Memlock version of this. And I didn't know see that's do that's a donut there, okay, that bee. That's a donut bee. Anybody seen a donut bee before? Do not donut, do not be conformed. And I was looking at that and I, I just was clueless what well, what's behind that bee anyway? So I I asked the first service, "Can you tell me what I'm looking at there?" You know, I thought maybe I don't know why I thought it was a spider web that makes no sense. Now I look at it; it's totally clear. It's it's you know a tree that's cut, right? Yeah, it's a log. So uh, do not uh, be a do not be conform to this world. Uh, Really, it's any longer in another uh, translation. Any longer, so it's a log. And it's the pattern of this world. There's a pattern in the trunk, okay, that's cut across there. Everybody see that now? Okay. So Now you know. <laughs> it's, it's simple, but it works, I'll tell you that. And it'll work a lot better now that I know what it's talking about. All right. Uh, pray on to build a truth. Uh, pray uh, that your mind might be renewed by God. Pray that the Holy Spirit reveal truth to you today. Pray that you would fill your mind with God's Word. All right, let's go to the next one. We've got the uh, helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the belt of truth, and you have the uh, shoes of the gospel. Just point down at your shoes there. Okay, the shoes of the gospel. Here is just a sample of what, who knows, what they might have looked like. The whole point is that you had some type of traction. Ephesians 6.15, And it shoes for your feet, having put on readiness, given by the gospel of peace. The gospel, of course, again, salvation is our rock that we stand on. Everything else flows uh, from that. I think an application we can make uh, for our prayer life is that we want to give that gospel uh, to other people. We want to share that with other people. And I'm so excited about our fall uh, series, our fall outreach. Uh, you'll see here we're having two different parental uh, parenting workshops. Uh, this is Friday, September 27th. This is free to our community uh, through our HeartStrong initiative. A uh, pastor and church leader for 30 years uh, is Tom uh, Beanert And he'll be coming in talking about discovering and maximizing your child's life strengths. And the next day we'll have uh, Greg Speck come in and parenting teenagers. Uh, Greg, very skilled uh, communicator and uh, uh, very, very funny. But the point here is, is that we're sending out 50,000 postcards to invite people to the seminar itself as well as we'll have a parenting series starting on September twenty second for four weeks. The point here is this is a great opportunity to invite your neighbors and friends out. It's an easy ask if they have parents if they excuse me, if they have teens and elementary age kids, just say, Hey listen, we just wanna offer some help some guidance, you know. at please come out you can come out to one of the workshops, both of the workshops. You don't have to come to church. <laughs> They said, "I'm never going to your church." You know, well, would you come out to a workshop? <laughs> yeah. Just gospel friends, loving them to Jesus, helping them in a very practical area of their life. So please be praying that God would use this outreach. A key verse here uh, for the shoes of the gospel: First Peter 3:15. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason uh, for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Uh, Monday morning. I came out of the house and I saw a man uh, working in uh, this hole, AT&T is putting this new cable in and they dug this hole back in, oh, I think May, and I called him a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, when's that hole going to be filled in, in our easement? <laughs> four by four, four feet deep. Yeah, well, when are you going to fix that? So why do they send somebody out? Uh, they sent a couple of people out. Uh, all I had to say is, this guy, real nice guy, so I, so I started to interact with him and talk with him. And uh, he was a seeker, and so we had about a half hour conversation about the gospel. I gave him a book. But bottom line here, I was ready to talk with him about the truth of God. Now, again, I'm Dan. I have the gift of evangelism. That doesn't have to be you. For you, maybe it's just befriending your neighbor, loving them, telling them about your experience at church, but the point is, we need to be ready. I, I wasn't planning that this morning, but the Holy Spirit dropped that guy in my front yard. I said, okay, the guy's in my front yard. Let's see where he's at spiritually, okay? That's the way, you know, we think, because we're on a mission here. We want to take people away from Satan's kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at the uh, Memlock version of this. Uh, in your heart set apart Christ of the Lord. So you got hearts and in your hearts. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, now uh, let's, uh, let's go to the prayer requests. Uh, pray that God would lead you to a gospel friend. Pray that God would lead you to a spiritually open people. Uh, pray for seeding opportunities in people's lives, gospel seeding opportunities. Pray for boldness in your life. All right, so let's go over it. We've got the helmet of salvation. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the belt of truth. We've got the shoes of the gospel. Uh, and then we have uh, the shield of faith. Now, I was originally going to do this, but maybe I think I'll do this. You do what you want, okay? <laughs> like you're holding your shield, right? Okay, so everybody do this. Everybody up who hasn't been in tune here. Okay, we're going to do it again, all right? You got the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Everybody got. Okay, very good. All right, we've got the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel. And then we have the shield of faith. Uh, Again, here is a picture of a type of shield back in that day. Again, you know how they fought. They put all their shields together. Uh, It says in Ephesians 6.16, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith of which you can extinguish all the flaming uh, darts of the evil one. What they would do in that day is they would take these arrows and they would wrap the ends in cloth and then they would dip it in pitch, which is very, very flammable. They'd set it on fire, and again, they would let it fly. Now, what happened is that these arrows would land, the pitch would fly all over the place, fire everywhere, people were being burned, uh, again, equipment being burned, that kind of thing. That's how they fought. So they had these shields where they would get under these shields uh, that covered pretty much their whole body. Four and a half feet, they were shorter people. Uh, And so, therefore, uh, they could protect themselves. Well, the idea here, of course, is that Satan is constantly sending these arrows into our life. He's sending these uh, temptations into our life. And we need to have faith. We need to express faith in God. That's what God wants more than anything. Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So we need to have faith in God, even when life is not going well, even when we start to doubt whether god is good and that really is the bottom line that satan likes us to believe when life is just crummy and all kinds of problems and you're thinking does god really love me as much as he says he does does he really have my best interests in mind satan loves that and he will help you feed on that particular thought that's where the shield of faith comes in saying i believe that God wants the best for me. And I know that there will be suffering in this life, and but He's going to walk with me through anything. He will never leave me nor forsake me. All right. So again, as you pray through these things, if you're praying through uh, the armor of God and you get to this particular shield of faith, you ask yourself the question, okay, where do I need faith today? Where am I doubting God? Where, Where's the pressure point in my life? Where am I concerned? Where am I anxious? And I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to put that shield out there in order to protect me from Satan's lies and the doubts that he wants to plant in my mind. So praying on the shield of faith, pray for increased faith for situations in your life, pray continually over areas of anxiety and in trust to God, pray for strength to overcome temptations. Then we get to the sword of the Spirit. So let's go over these again. Okay, we've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, you've got the shield of faith, and then you have the sword of the Spirit. And, of course, this is referring to the Word of God again. I believe the the, the Bible refers to the Word of God, but also I believe the sword of the Spirit, because it says it, refers to the Word of God, because it's the one weapon we have. Now, when we talk about the belt of truth, we're talking about taking in God's truth and seeing the world the way He sees it, of course, which is uh, truth. And, and so that's, you know, just drinking in God's Word, applying it to your life, but when you're fighting Satan, and when he's tempting you, you need God's word right in hand. Okay, so this is the sword. It was a smaller sword, just like two to three feet. Peter used it to cut off the ear of uh, the person who came to rescue Christ, one of them. Uh, that's the type of sword we're talking about here. And so in the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. Now, friends, think about your life. Do you have a temptation right now in your life? What's your temptation? What's the one where where you're tempted to go? We all have areas of weakness. And usually they stay with us through our lives, unfortunately. Sometimes we have total victory and they're gone. But usually, you know, we have weak areas. So my question is, in the one temptation that comes to your mind right away, you have a Bible verse memorized to think about and to speak against Satan's attack? Think about that. If I came up to you and asked, okay, what's your number one temptation right now? And you said it to me. I said, okay, give me your weapon against it. Tell me the verse. Tell me God's truth that you're going to shoot back at Satan and you're going, duh, duh, duh. man, what are you doing? You're going to battle against Satan and you've left your sword at home? Who is going to leave their sword at home? What policeman is going to leave his glock at home and say, I'm just going to go out there today and see what happens, Right? No, no, no. If you are in a battle, that is one of the most important things. I've got my sword. And friends, if you have an area of temptation and you do not know a Bible verse to speak against Satan and his lies and his doubts, you've got to do that today. Otherwise, it's sheer foolishness to operate in that way, thinking that you're going to beat Satan without the Word of God, without God's truth to back you up. And that's why I'm pushing this Memlock system. I don't care what Scripture system to use. Use something. If you haven't memorized a verse in a couple of months, or you, you're not memorizing God's Word. Your sword is on the table. I mean, when, when you're... I mean, your temptations typically do not come in your quiet time when you got God's sword in front of you. That's why you got to know it up here, man. You know, when you're in a situation and the temptation comes up, boom! That verse comes right to mind. And you say it and you pray it to God and if it's a person sitting there tempting you, you say that verse to that person. You know what it says in Romans. <laughs> you let it fly. That's your weapon. We've got to be equipped here, guys. Key verse here, Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathing. is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Oh, that's that is such a choice verse. But we don't have time to talk about it. But I encourage you to memorize it. Okay? And uh, do we have the. Yeah, I think we have the Memlock, Genesis through Revelation there. Okay. So, praying on the sword of the Spirit, pray you would study, memorize, and meditate the Bible. Pray that you would have a consistent, quiet time. Pray that you would be consistent in church and a small group of attendance. Finally, the hands of prayer. Now, this is something traditionally that's not thought of as the armor of God, but I really believe it's in the same... I mean, it's the next verse. He doesn't, you know, give it some type of piece of armor. but So that's why I call it the hands of prayer. Ephesians 6.18, And pray in spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So if you're going to do battle against Satan, you better be in prayer. With this in mind, be alert, and be alert right? It's the whole idea of readiness. And just a thought, you know, friends, we walk throughout the day, not aware that Satan is at work. We just don't think about it. We're ignorant. We forget about it. And that's why it's helpful every day to pray on uh, the armor of God. Because it it, uh, grounds you in who you are as a Christ follower uh, that you've been saved by grace and and that you are righteous uh, because of what Christ has done for you and you're seeking to be righteous and You want to know god's word and you want to tell people about the gospel and you want to show faith in your life and uh uh, through the power of god you want to use god's scripture man if you just pray this on a daily basis even for a month and see what happens in your christian life and again it doesn't have to be a long prayer you know just go helmet of salvation one thing that you say to god or thankful to god breastplate of righteousness something else you say to god and Again, use this particular insert I've given you to help you to kind of get thinking in that way. And then you can just do it uh, on the fly. You know, you're driving to work and you put on the, i got to put my armor on today. I mean, it doesn't take long, but it's important. And it helps it bring to mind. All right, and with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We're going to talk about that next week, how much we need each other's prayers. Uh, the verse for this is Luke 11:9. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Uh, the memo for this is uh, somebody asking a question. Ask and it will be given uh, to you. Pray in the hands of prayer. Pray that you would make time for prayer. Pray that you would pray unceasingly. And pray that your faith will grow as you see prayers answered. All right. Now, we're going to move into a prayer time at this time. And I want you to look at these different ones. We're going to go over these hand motions again. Uh, so let's go over them. Uh, we've got the uh, the prayer. Excuse me. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the hands of prayer. We got the helmet. Everybody do it now. <laughs> Some of you guys are fading out there. <laughs> the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, the belt of truth. The shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the praying hands. Uh, I changed one of them uh, in the document. I went like this, but it's like this. Your choice. Friends, we're going to have a time where you can come forward and receive prayer, support, and encouragement. And maybe you have an area where you need more faith in your life. Maybe you need truth. You need God's wisdom in an area of your life. Maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you need to rejoice in your salvation. Maybe God has done something good in your life and you want to rejoice over it. We'll come forward. We want to pray uh, for you and uh, give glory to God for what he is doing. Maybe you need to be more righteous in a particular area. We want to minister to you. Okay, so if we could have our prayer team come forward at this time. We're just going to be up here and as you come forward, you can come to any of us and we'll sit down with you and pray with you and seek to be an encouragement with you. We'd like you to stand this time. Uh, We'll be singing as we uh, have this time of prayer.
1: i uh-huh.